talking about? What's up, KSAP? James Ford, that's me. Let me talk to him. That's me. I'm sick of ball dropping. Sick of ball dropping. Dropping up these topics, man. I'm sick of ball dropping. Driving coast to coast, man. Put you on game. These other podcasts I hear talking they shit, but ain't repping the same. Cause my bro KSAP talking up topics for your optics. From politics to your cockpits. Tune in, you gotta watch this. Exclusive material for your radio stereo. Pump it high definition. Stop what you doing and listen. We smashing all competition. You better jump on this wave. Somebody pass me a mic. Man, I got something to say. And now, your host of the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast. The man behind the mic, KSAP. What is good, everybody? What is good? Welcome to another episode of the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast. I'm your host and the man behind the mic, KSAP. And today on the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast, we're going to be talking about the big screen movies movie roles and drama films also discussing balance and raising a child and pursuing an acting career well to talk about all this i have with me today on the simply ball dropping hotline an inspiring actress please give a warm welcome to actress sarah vega welcome to the show hi thank you so much for having me my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity to have you on my podcast. Actually, you're the first actor to grace their presence on the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast, so we appreciate that. And we're going to talk about your acting career, but I was reading in your bio, it said you was born in California and raised in the Philippines. How did all that come about? So my parents are like older um, so when they met out here, my mom moved out here to work and then met my dad and then they had me and my younger brother. And then when I was about six, um, they retired and my dad saw that a lot of the Asian kids were a lot more serious about their education than American kids. So he wanted, um, he wanted us to grow up that way. Okay. And so he just moved us out to the Philippines and we lived there for about 12 years. Um, so I was there from my second grade to second year um, of college. And uh, yeah, I decided I wanted to pursue acting. So I came over to L.A., uh, in 2006. Man, that's a great story. So let me ask you a question. Um, being in the Philippines, mm-hmm. what is the culture like being in the Philippines? Oh, man. You know, <laughs> with everything going on right now, I think the biggest difference is their, for me, it was their standard of beauty. Okay. So I would always, tell people, you know, I have a quite a unique perspective on beauty and what that means because growing up, 
I was never considered anybody's type. I was never considered pretty, cute, anything like that because their version of pretty is, you know, super fair skin and super long, fine jet black hair, like, you know, and very demure looking, just traditional, like Chinese, Korean, Japanese type beauty. I don't look like that. Okay. So, <laughs> so it wasn't until I moved out here at 18, almost 19, you know, people started hitting on me and actually giving me that attention or, or finding me attractive or whatever. And I always, to this day, is still a surprise. Like, I, I just start looking around like, are you sure you talking to me <laughs> i know you're calling somebody i don't think it's me but but yeah so that to me is the biggest difference um so they had what not really racism but they had heavy heavy colorism issues yes. and they still do um about i think 90 to 95 percent of their cosmetic products over there have whitening ingredients oh wow yeah. So, you know, and being the country being colonized by Spain for over 300 years, that's what happens. They teach you the lighters better. And yeah, so I saw I, I received the brunt of that. Um, but it it always it taught me to, you know, it taught me the reality of I won't be everybody's cup of tea. Okay. I'm not everybody's type. Maybe here I'm considered attractive or cute or pretty or whatever. To me, I'm just more socially tolerable here or acceptable here than and then not so much in other places, you know? Yeah, that's that's unfortunate, man. And you give me a history lesson, you know, about the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the crazy thing about it is, yeah. I know being in the Philippines, I, I know they have a lot of islands in the Philippines. I mean, do you do a lot yes. of swimming um, when you was in the Philippines? Um, yeah, so the Philippines has over 7,000 islands altogether. Um, so the options for beaches is definitely, it's pretty much infinite. Um my last trip over there, I had taken my daughter for the first time and we surprised my mom um, to a trip to another one of the islands. Mm -hmm. And it was so beautiful. And I tell people, especially Americans, the Philippines is probably one of the best places to visit as an American because we're one of the top most English-speaking countries countries in the world um and then the cost of living is really low oh okay yeah and then the environment i mean it's very tropical you know humid and hot but it's basically like florida or hawaii um and the people are super hospitable you walk into any household and if the matriarch is there 
first question is, have you eaten yet? And then no matter what your answer, you get a plate. Oh, man, I would love it then because, you know, soon as I, I love to eat, <laughs> so I would love it. Oh, yeah. Food is at the center of everything we do over there. As soon as people gather and stuff, definitely there's food, there's snacks. We have merienda, which is around like 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like considered snack time. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what you do, you know? So what is the main what is the main dish? What is the main dish in the Philippines? I'd have to say chicken adobo. Um, basically, it's a chicken stew. Um, main ingredients are soy sauce and vinegar, uh, white vinegar, mm. with like some bay leaves and some garlic and some black peppercorn. Um, super bomb. You know, there there are several different versions of it depending on who's cooking it. And a lot of people would argue that their mom probably cooks the best. But, uh, yeah, that's our most popular dish All for right. sure. That sounds like it, it, it might be a, a, a nice little something that I could probably eat. Um, when you're talking about everybody always says their moms can cook. I learned from my mom. Do you do a lot of cooking? I do do a lot of cooking. I love being in the kitchen. I feel like everybody should love being in the kitchen because there's food in the kitchen. Like, why would you not <laughs> want to learn how to cook or bake? At the end of whatever you're doing, you can eat it. Yes. So that's what I really love about it. And now, you know, I'm trying to teach my daughter how to cook and bake too. Okay, that's great. We're man. about to try and make our... Uh, yeah, we're about to try and make our first like mirror glaze cake. Okay. You know the ones you see on like Pinterest or the little videos where you pour the icing and it looks all shiny and reflective and stuff on the cake. Yeah, I see them all the time. Yeah, we're gonna make we're gonna make one of those or attempt to. Yeah, that seems like that seems like you're gonna have a lot of fun, and and I know that you said that um you know when you was in the Philippines, you was, you moved to the States to, you know, pursue your little act, acting um, career. What made you want to get off mm -hmm. into acting? Um, you know, at some point, I think in high school, um, I was in, I was super active in extracurriculars. So I probably was a member of at least like three or four clubs. One of them was drama club. And I really liked, you know, the process of rehearsing and and sort of reciting someone else's words, you know? Yes. And, you know, got getting to watch more and more movies and TV shows and stuff. I realized since we all only have one life what better way to me to spend that than getting paid trying to live as many different lives as you can you know and then it it sort of developed into you know that it helped me um have more empathy for different people and different walks of life and have more 
compassion and understanding of like if somebody's upset with me or you know randomly comes up to me and says something out of pocket I don't take it personally anymore you know I just kind of look at them like what is this person thinking right now for them to want to say that to me and a lot of times it has nothing to do with me it's what they're going through in their life and you know maybe they've gotten yelled at a lot and that's just how they communicate you know what I mean? Yes. And it helps me see past that initial, like, what did you just say? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. So, let me ask you, what would be a career-defining moment in your acting career? What would be a major role that you would like to take on? Oh, man. Oh, let's see. A role that would win me an Oscar. <laughs> For best actress, okay. I think that would be that would be one of the highest peaks I could probably reach as an actor. Okay. Um, you know, not just for the pay bump, but it would just validate everything that I've worked for or you know all the roles that I've done up to that point and then beyond that point too um and just to see that growth and to see my range expand of what I can do and how well I can express it on camera or on stage you know that's great um yeah I just really love the process I love being able to be a part of telling some great story and hopefully helping inspire people to you know either stand up for themselves or be vulnerable and not be afraid to express how much you love someone or you know how sorry you are like and those are really critical moments in movies and TV shows and plays and stuff where people just get emotionally you know brought in to the story okay that's great um so as as being an actor mm. or actress um mm -hmm. do you like the drama roles or you like playing the innocent roles or the love stories um which one fits you better oh man um i i love a good drama for sure <laughs> um there's some great dramas that I've seen um Aaron Brockovich uh there's this one dramatic TV show called The Newsroom yes. on Amazon Prime that I absolutely love because it's super smart you know the lines go really fast they talk really fast but they're super sarcastic and super witty and so the writing is excellent and if I were to ever like catch a show like that I would be in heaven as an actor <laughs> mm -hmm. you know and as part of something really like intellectually you know high level yeah that's wonderful that's what I would want um, but I mean I'm definitely down to do a comedy I'm working on an action film right now Okay, I'm loving that 
you know. Um, I'll do a horror and play somebody dead. <laughs> you know, I think the comedy might be harder because I laugh at almost everything. So it would be so many takes. Oh, my God. People would be so mad at me. So in action Take like film, an hour. So an action uh-huh. film, you have to be you have to be physically fit. Um, do you work out? I mean, do you do things like that to keep yourself in shape for your acting career? Yeah, I am now. Um, especially for this film, you know, there's specific training. Um, not to give away too much, but I my character specializes in double swords, and so I'm working with a fight choreographer. Um, to you know, make sure I look like I know what I'm doing with the double sword. <laughs> yeah, you you got to know what you're doing, and like you said, with drama, you know, drama sells. You know, action, you know, reels a lot of people in because it's it's action packed and it's fast yeah. paced. And another thing, yeah, you know, being an actor and actress, and, and you said that you mm-hmm. have a, a child. How old is your child? Yeah, my daughter is uh, seven now. Her name's Tyler. Okay. How do you balance that that actress life, actor life, um, raising a child? Well, you know, I feel like things have finally started opening up for families, and I hope they, you know, open up even more. But for right now, I got lucky enough where there's a role for her in the movie as well. Oh, wow. Um yeah, they do a little flashback of me, and it just so happens that it's a seven-year-old version of myself. So, so you're I immediately, yeah. yeah. So I immediately called the producer and was like, um, "Did you still need a seven-year-old version of me? Because <laughs> I already have one." <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And they were like, "Great, bring her on." I was like, "Cool." So you know, but other than that, I really don't think they mind me like bringing her along you know having her on set and stuff um so we're gonna do that soon and yeah she gets to you know watch her mom go to work man that's great that that should be an awesome experience for her and you know we was talking about your philippine roots um are Uh you full philippine or are you mixed with something I am half black and then half Filipino. Oh, okay, okay. That, that, so your yeah. your your mom is Filipino or your dad Filipino? My mom is Filipino and she is of Spanish descent, also. Okay. Um. Yeah, because uh, her middle name is Vega, so that's how I got the Vega. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. And then my dad is from Baltimore or Virginia. I'm I'm not really too um, aware of his side of the family. Okay. I was always just close to my mom's side, even over here. You know, we have cousins up in Northern Cali, uh, Canada. Basically, kind of you name it. <laughs> Man, that, that's kind of crazy. We have family. That you said Baltimore. Yeah. I was born and raised in Frederick, Maryland, about 30 minutes away from Baltimore, um, Maryland. So oh, really? I, yeah, so I know everything about Baltimore, Maryland. And actually, me and my family were taking a trip um, on Monday uh-huh. back to Maryland to see some of my family. So 
that'd be interesting. Aww. So it's kind of crazy that you oh, said that nice. your dad was well, from Baltimore. He's from the East Coast. He got the East Coast genes in him. So, hey, that's always a yeah. good thing when, you know, a man has the East Coast swag in him. So I know your your, yeah. your pops probably got some swag to him because he's from the East Coast. You know, that, he that, did, you know, he had that, he had a very formal swag because yes. I never saw this man in jeans in my life. <laughs> never saw him wear jeans. Okay. And he always talked properly. Like I made the mistake. I think I was around maybe 12 and I wrote on a birthday card to my older sister and I put gonna <laughs> oh my god I can he must have talked to me for an hour mm. about the word gonna <laughs> and how I should not talk I was like wow mm. okay that's interesting that's interesting it's 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 kind of crazy, um, mm-hmm. you know, the the languages and stuff like that. So, you know, being, you know, mm-hmm. born in, you know, Cali, raised in the Philippines, do you speak any different languages? I do. So because I was so young when we moved, I basically kind of soaked up, you know, the language. And so I speak fluent Tagalog, which is the Philippine national language. Okay. Um along with English, actually, they're both their national language. And then we have over a hundred dialects in the whole country. So, um, we lived in Manila our first year. And then after that, we moved down South and because they spoke another dialect down there, I had to learn that too. Mm. So, um, yeah, I speak English, Tagalog, and Bisaya, which is the dialect. Wow. And I also, I had to learn how to speak English with a Filipino accent just to fit in, mm. which sounds odd. Yeah, that does sound odd, just to fit in, man. You should never have to fit in. And it's crazy that you say you speak all them languages, now being an actress, mm-hmm. actor, I mean, you it, it should be a lot of roles that that should come your way because you, what they call that bilingual, right. you bilingual. Right. Yeah. And then I'm working on, you know, being, uh, what they call like a polyglot is <laughs> someone who knows multiple languages because I want to get up to like 10. Oh, wow. So I'm teaching myself. I'm slowly, but surely like learning French now. And then Italian and Spanish are next after that. And then I think I want to learn, Sign language, um, yeah, and some other stuff like German or Russian, or, and then Mandarin, of course. Mm, that, that's interesting, you know? man. That's great to have all them. I call it like a lot of people say they wear many hats, and it seems like you yeah. have many languages that you, you know you're trying to speak, and that's great. It's always good because you don't know where are you going to end up at? You know, you can go to a certain part of the right. world and, you know, people speak that language right. and you can relate to it. So I, I think that's great. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the, t- the times that we're going through today, through the pandemic, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. the socially injustice things that are going on, the protests and raising mm-hmm. a seven year old child in this era mm-hmm. now 
with all the police mm-hmm. brutality and stuff. Um, what do you, mm-hmm. as a parent, what what do you say to your child about everything that's going on so they'll understand? So when they get out in the world, they, they know what they're mm-hmm. up against. You know, I had to really think about um, how I was going to approach things with my kid or if I had any more children, you know, and I wanted to be honest with them and not underestimate what they could understand, you know, give them a little bit of credit, like for their critical thinking, you know what I mean? Yes. And, but I also didn't want them to grow up cynical and pessimistic about the world. So, you know, when I hear parents say like, oh yeah, I told my kids like from the jump, like Santa doesn't exist, you know, ain't no Santa Claus. I'm the one giving you gifts and blah, blah, blah. Santa's not real, period. Like, okay, yes, there's, you know, that's the truth. But, you know, there's a better way to say stuff like that. So I've talked to her about Santa and the way I explained it was like, He's a very popular story that people like to tell around certain time of the year, around the holidays, you know, and then the way how you see other people dressing up as Santa Claus is because they're trying to symbolize gift giving. So when you see people dressed up as Santa Claus, usually they're about to give gifts to people. And usually it's, you know, little children. So if you want to give a gift to someone, that makes you a Santa Claus too. And so to me, that seemed like a better way to kind of explain something to her. So with the social injustices that are going on and the pandemic and everything, you know, I think with the pandemic, I told me and her dad, both explained to her like okay so we have our opinions about what's going on with the coronavirus um there seems to be some you know reports out there that it's really not as bad as a lot of people say um but we don't want to take that chance and not be safe yes you know um but a lot of people behind the scenes, more powerful people will try and influence numbers a certain way because they think it would affect society the way they want. That's right. Speak you on know? it. So, you know, and, and everything can be so convoluted. It doesn't have to be one big united effort from big pharma or, you know, the the medical industry is like everybody's in on it no it can just be like you know a dozen people doing this not changing the stats or whatever in the hospitals or they tell one doctor like okay for every you know um case testing positive for covid we give you thirty five thousand dollars for your hospital or for you know, just added funding or whatever. And because they're trying to help other people, boom, now everybody's positive. Man, that's interesting. That's interesting. You know? So it's not 
so cut and dry how people, you know, receive it from the media and all that stuff. You have to take everything with a grain of salt and then mix it all together and then see what all the common denominators, you know, come out and surface because then you'll kind of get a better understanding like, oh, okay, so they're, you know, doing all this stuff, but then it's affecting the numbers and then more people are getting scared and then all these things about the mass and people getting outraged and all this stuff, but then people are dying, you know, getting killed by cops and only certain types of people are outraged and not everybody. Yeah. You know? But I'm I'm really proud of the protests that have been happening and that are still happening. That's crazy to me. Um, I would want to participate myself and maybe also, I've thought about taking my daughter with me, um, but I want to focus on the the positive side of things and to me the most important thing to do is move the money (laughs) there you go move it all ties back to money so you got to move the money you know because and i i try and tell people like yes the most powerful people are racist for sure but this favorite favorite color is green not white Mm, you know they'll work with anybody they'll work with anybody who has the money to back it up to you know to pique their interest so yeah so to me it's just kind of like because you see it all the time in the movies and stuff they could be worst enemies but as soon as they figure out how to work together because of the money because they can both make money together they, they'd make more money together than they would competing with each other or whatever, boom, now they're best friends. Interesting. You know? Interesting take. It's interesting the way you broke that down, and a lot of people need to hear that, you know, because everybody has their opinions yeah. on, on a lot of things, right? So, you know, yeah. one thing we do here on the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast, we give our, our own, own opinions. Everybody has their own opinions, you know. Yeah. You know, you listen yeah. to it from the media, um, you mm-hmm. listen to it through people through their um, platforms and you can hear mm-hmm. it and you can take it the way you mm-hmm. want to take it but everybody is not mm-hmm. blind to the fact that sometimes the mm-hmm. media puts out fake news so you got to do the proper research yeah. yourself so you can grasp what's yeah. going on and then you can say hey okay I've heard it from this part I heard it from this part now how do I see it how do I view it so your your point that you're making mm-hmm. is great because of the fact the way you broke it down is it seems like yeah. you have did your research and you kind of you feel that you know some things can be shaded some some things can mm-hmm. be fake and you took mm-hmm. the time to do your research to see it for you know what it really is and, mm-hmm. and that's a great understanding that's a good way to relay it to your child so they will understand because yeah. you got to tell your kids that I tell my son mm-hmm. all the time about the police mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll be mm-hmm. driving around and I tell my son I'll be like Makai I just yeah. don't even like the police being around me I, I like going the other way because yeah. 
you know, they can stop yeah. you at any time and do a random check yep. and you got to, you know, yep. proceed to their protocol because if you get out of pocket, mm -hmm. then I might not make it home. So, yeah. you know, it, it's things that I tell him all the time. It's like, you know, I just try to stay away from the police. But if I ever encounter the police, this is how I'm going to encounter it. So I just try to, mm -hmm. you know, give him the advice because he'll be 12 on Friday. So once he, okay. you know, gets out there and moves around, then, you know, yeah. the experiences that I've told him that I went through with the police, then he can try to mm -hmm. avoid that. But, you know, oh, I yeah. just try to, you know, give him the guidance to, you know, to get out in the world so he won't be bothered. Yeah, he knows yeah. right from wrong. So like you yeah. said, you know, raising kids in, in this pandemic and what's going on in the world with the police brutality, you just got to, you know, sit down mm -hmm. and talk to your kids and break it to them for, for what it is. And, you know, we mm -hmm. as we was talking about money, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I've seen that you, you know, said that you was a, a Lyft driver or Uber driver. Um, how did you get into, yeah. you know, wanting to be a Lyft or Uber driver? Well, I was working as a server at a restaurant um, for a little while. And then I found out about, you know, you can just be able to, I think what it was, I didn't have a car at the time okay and I was looking for a way to get one and also looking for an additional source of income and as soon as I found out that you could rent a car and then also drive for uber or drive for lyft you know I was like oh sign me up because it was the cheapest way for me to get my own mode of transportation and then also now I have another job you know and and the balls are rolling from there like I realized you know I can make more money driving Lyft or yeah it was Lyft first so I drove Lyft for about three years and then the last year it was both Lyft and Uber man the stories that I, <laughs> I I know you probably got some wild stories. What's one of your wildest oh, encounters no, of driving with Uber? Ooh, okay. So because I drove with Lyft the longest, um, I have the craziest stories from there because I mostly drove at night. Oh, wow. Because I'm a night owl, you know. I actually like picking up drunk people. I'm probably one of the few rideshare drivers that actually says that and means it. Wow. I love it so much. They're so entertaining. So, you know, I've gotten anything from several offers from drunk couples to do a threesome. Oh, wow. You know, several monetary offers from guys like wanting to just kind of hang out quote-unquote with me um, for the rest of the night um this i've had weird animals in the car one guy had a couple of bunny rabbits um and he gave me one as a tip so i came home with a freaking bunny rabbit for my kid that was pretty awesome then the only reason i said yes was because i knew she would flip out oh wow um yeah, and then one guy had an albino python with him. Mm. 
he had it in a container, but I saw him put it in the container. And I was like, okay, you keep that container back there and keep your arm on, on the lid. Well, them things about the albino mm. pythons, you know, you see a lot of people walking around with them on the beach too. So them albino, exactly. they, they for show. He was one of those people, like charging other people, you know, tourists or whatever to like take pictures with the python. Yes. Yep. So there's that. And then, okay, so by far the craziest, um, I basically ended up with this girl naked sitting on my lap, just a thong on, right? Wow. Sitting on my lap and she grabbed my hands and put them on her boobs. Mm. Yeah, that was, I was, and I, I don't, it's just my perf personal preference. I don't like lady parts, you know, yeah. I already have some of those. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you get for dealing with the drunk customers at night. You know, drunk people, they, know. They, they, they get, you know, kind of get out of hand. And I mean, at the same yeah. time, drunk people can be hilarious, but sometimes it can be dangerous they, too, because oh. you don't know what kind of drunk person you're going to encounter. Yes. But when people ask me about that, because I constantly get asked about safety and all that, you're not worried about being a female driver at night and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, not really. Because first of all, I'm a ninja, so I got this, you know. <laughs> a and ninja. I'm a freaking ninja, okay. But second of all, it takes, it's sort of, even with, with drunk people, it sort of takes two to, you know, have an intense situation like that. Yes. Now, granted, there are people out there that just randomly want to fight you. Sure. I've never encountered those people. But the drunk people that I have, because I have experience serving and bartending, I know how to deal with drunk people. And all you really have to do is be agreeable. Agree with them, huh? Yeah, they could be talking all kind of mess and, you know, gibberish or whatever. But especially when they're in my car, like, okay, your ride's like 12 minutes. Whatever it is you're saying, I don't really understand. But I'm going to say, yeah, exactly. Man, <laughs> I've been saying that this whole time, yo. Yeah. And they just, they're just like, dude, you're like the best driver. And then I have Starburst candy. Oh, you like Starburst? Yeah. I have Starburst candy for the passengers. Oh, for the passengers. That's what you give out as a treat to your passengers. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. They would go up. That's, that's cool. Drunk that's people cool. love it. So you seem like a, a fun mm -hmm. Lyft driver, and it's kind of crazy that you're telling oh, your yeah. stories. Um, so here on the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast, we always like to get one fun fact from our guests. Tell the, tell the listeners Ooh. one fun fact about yourself. Oh, man. Let's see. Uh, fun fact about myself. I used to work at Disneyland as some particular characters. <laughs> so you dressed up in a costume. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, the weirdest thing about that job was trying to put it on my resume and make it sound serious. Yes. Like, what were your job duties? Uh, well, I had to greet the park guests and then sign their autographs and then take pictures 
Mm. and create magical moments i mean how do you really you know how do you quantify that and make it sound like a legit job so my question I is got did you put it on your play. resume i tried to you know but saying i got paid to play all day was like it was just weird and some people would ask me about it like so disneyland what was that like? Yeah. If it don't make dollars, it don't oh, make sense. Funny. But in your case, it made sense because you got paid to play. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that, that, it was fun. You know, the best funny. the best part of that job was the kids. And then the worst part was the parents. Oh, wow. Mm, that, that's crazy. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. So I want you to tell all my listeners out there if they want to follow you. Um, do you have any social media sites where they can follow you and um you know, just take a look and see what's going on with Miss Sarah Vega. Yeah, yeah. So I'm most active on Instagram, and my handle is love, L-O-V-E underscore Sarah Vega. That's with an H. And then V-E-G-A, you know. Um, I try and post almost every day. Uh, right now I'm doing this 30-day um black owned business challenge. So I'm trying to get everybody to support black business, you know? That's a great like thing. I said, move the money. Yes. That's you know great. what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the best way I can help right now with the influence that I have now is help people become aware of all these black owned businesses and then, you know, really get that money flowing in our direction. You know what I mean? That's great, man, that you're doing that because, like you said, being in the limelight, and a lot of people do, you know, follow you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. like I said, um, it's it's good that you're doing what you're doing, the the black-owned businesses, man. That's great for the community. And it's not just Mm -hmm. for the community, you know, out there in California. This stuff goes bigger than, you know, just California. It's in all states. And it's great that you're promoting black-owned businesses. And that's a great thing. And like I said, I, I do appreciate you you know, you know, rocking that simply ball dropping Juneteenth. And, you know, I do appreciate you sending mm-hmm. me the picture so I can post it on my, you know, social media, you know, just to get the ball rolling. Absolutely. Because if you have somebody yeah. that's, you know, out there in, in, in show business, you know what I'm saying, that's supporting your mm-hmm. apparel, you know, that reaches mm-hmm. out to people because you have a lot of followers as being an act- mm-hmm. actress, um, that, that helps me mm-hmm. out. And I really do appreciate that. So, like I said, mm-hmm. I do appreciate your support yeah. and, you know, Everything that you do, you know, like raising your child and, you know, in your acting mm-hmm. career, um, we we here at the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast, we, we wish you the best. And I do want to. Thank you wanna, so much. I, yes, um, my pleasure. And I, I, I just want to say thank you for taking out the time to come on to my show, to have a sit down and, and, and talk mm-hmm. a little bit about Sarah Vega and, um, you know, the people that's going to listen to the podcast, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully they can get yeah. something out of it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. as people, you know, grow up and they want to get into acting, what what would one thing that you would like to say to the listeners if they're trying to pursue a acting career? What would you say to them? Oh, man. You know, one of the best pieces of advice that I had learned for acting is that the most successful actors that you see out there right now are really only the ones that never stopped auditioning. Mm. 
Oh, wow. That is interesting. That's, that's it. That's all that it is, is don't stop auditioning. There are so many stories. There are so many roles. There are so many, you know, different roles. You can play three or four different roles in one movie, you know, or there are three or four different roles that you could possibly pick from. Or the casting director could pick you for, you know what I mean? In one single project. So there's room for everybody that really wants it. You know what I mean? But you just have to really want it. And also, obviously, do research, study your craft. Don't just be like, you know, oh, I could do that. And then think raw talent is going to get you up there with Viola Davis and Denzel Washington. and <laughs> You got to work for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You have to work, you know. Um, dude that got cast for the movie Get Out, he got cast for that movie because they, they asked him to cry on cue five times back to back. And he did it. And he did it. So that's how he got that part. You know what I mean? And that obviously led to other parts. Yes. So it's, it's, there's work, there's preparation that you can always do. I like to watch a lot of, a lot of movies and TV shows, um, different kinds too, so that, you know, I can see what's out there, what options we have, um, what type of stories. I love watching old movies. I'll watch bad movies because I need to see what makes it bad. Yeah. You know, is it the writing? Is the acting atrocious? Was it the lighting or the editing? Or is it just, you know, one big hot ball of mess? Like, what is it? You know, but it, you just have to love it. A lot. And then obviously, you know, try and start looking for people on social media. The role I have now, um, I got it through Instagram. Oh, wow. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. The last couple of projects I just did um, were through Instagram. Like people that just followed me um, and I follow them back. You know, and they just so happen to be writers or producers or directors. And, uh, yeah, they would have a script or a project coming up. And they're like, oh, I want you to come in and audition. Or, you know, I really want you to be part of this project. Cool. And there's a lot of that now where people are making their own content, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, because you can, you can have your own aside from having your own headshot, um, beyond having a resume, a demo reel now is really important. Yes. So you have something to show for, you know? That is absolutely correct. And it's funny that you're saying that because I'm sitting here and in the inside I'm saying, if you Mm -hmm. get that acting career, I mean that acting part that you want and you get a Grammy for that and I'll turn on the big screen and I see that person the first thing that comes to my mind is, man, she was on my podcast. That actor was on my yeah. podcast, y'all. She was on my <laughs> podcast. So that 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 right. would be great. 
Yeah, that's that's the goal, you know. And when you said, you know, the supporting black business and making people aware and stuff, I feel like that's, you know, hopefully just the start of my way of helping. But I really want to help make other people aware with promoting, you know, people's businesses and stuff. Like that's I great. want to focus more on on wearing new black designers yes that's great man that is great you know what i mean and i just i just joked around with my boyfriend yesterday i was like man these big designers are going to be in trouble when i'm on the red carpet because i'm not wearing any of them oh wow you wearing that black owned stuff i see you i want black owned i want the newer designers that are coming up that you know want that shot and maybe they get overlooked because they don't have that much experience, but they might have that one bomb piece, you know? Yeah. And that's all you need sometimes. And then just one person to just say like, all right, yeah, I'll wear that. Cool. Man, that's great, man. That's a great story, man. And I I hope everybody that listens to the podcast can be inspired by some of the things that you're saying and and never give up and just keep auditioning Um, if they want to become an actor or actress just keep auditioning and Sarah I would like to Mm -hmm. I would like to thank you one more time for taking the time out to sit down to talk to me on the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast so is there anything else that you would like to say before we wrap it up you know I just want to say I really appreciate you for asking me to come up on your podcast in the first place you know and aside from me trying to like promote black business and everything, I appreciate you for trying to promote me right now. Man, uh, hey, you know we, it all goes hand in hand. So, like I said, once yeah. once you get that Grammy, I could sit back and say, "Hey, yeah. she was on the Simply Ball Dropping podcast." Right. Yes, and, and I'm hope- gonna say that too. I'm like, man, my first podcast—it was dope. There you go, and I do appreciate that. So once again, that's going to wrap mm-hmm. up another episode of the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast. Once again, I'm your host and the man behind the mic, KSAP, and we're going to catch you on the next one. Deuces. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to take your interviews and podcast episodes to the next level, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Visit poddex.com to get your Poddex today. Thanks for listening to the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share on all major platforms.